0: Welcome to the second season of your favourite podcast, Overlooked and Undercooked, a critical review of Rob Schneider's Netflix show, Real Rob, written by Rob Schneider, produced by Rob Schneider, starring Rob Schneider, directed also by the great Rob Schneider. Is it really? Yeah. Fuck. Fuck.
1: This is, this is uh, one of the first questions you have to ask us, because it's also, it's written by the three stars, Rob and his wife and Jamie, and, you know, like, it's, it's entirely insulated from external critical eyes, so, on one hand, this, you know, this can be how auteurs work, aute, 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 auteurs work.
0: Welcome to the show, everyone. That's the... Um, beautiful baritone of Guy Halifax, Alexander Montgomery. Have I got it around the wrong way? Yeah, it's Alexander Halifax. And then his surname, Montgomery. Yeah. I am Tim Batt, and we are in the bowels of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. And that can mean only one thing. We have to watch and review every episode of Rob Schneider's Netflix project (laughs) Uh, j- an episode. Of- <laughs> if only you could see the face that Monty just gave me. Um, so every subsequent episode to this, we'll be featuring, uh, hopefully, a new guest comedian. But as is tradition, the boys kick off alone. And and what better way to, to start the day than with uh season
1: two episode one of Real Rob released in the year two thousand seventeen. Uh, an episode called Acupuncture and Spring Rolls.
0: Uh, How the, do we unpack this, Monty? Because well, I've just been very angry for the last 32 minutes. I think
1: the best way to do it is to maybe describe what they have attempted to... Um, the story that they've attempted to tell. Yeah. So do, do you want to just tell me what you what you would describe as the plot of this episode? Here's
0: what went down um, in this important episode of internet television. Firstly, we established that Rob and Patricia are moving. Um, because they're—I don't know why. <laughs> no, I don't yeah. know. I have no idea. It's not mentioned, and it doesn't matter. But Jamie, the assistant, um, the long-suffering assistant to Rob Schneider, is helping Rob move a large, um, what would you call it? Bu- dresser. Not a bureau. It's not a bureau large yet. dresser. Yeah, like like a legit wardrobe, really. Yeah. It looks like a stand-up wardrobe. Trying to get it up some stairs. And Can uh, I say,
1: within one second of you seeing Jamie on screen again, yes, the first thing Tim said, wouldn't it be great <laughs> if Jamie got killed this season? Yeah,
0: I said, I wonder if they'll kill him this time. That'd be and really then,
1: cool. I sort of imagine a South Park-like world where they just, because this is sort of what they did in the first season, where they just... Cu- Constantly just, you know, throw physical and mental problems at this character. Yeah. To the point that, you know, almost breaking point. But because it's so cartoonish, their portrayal of humanity is so negative and cartoonish, he always bounces back.
0: I think it's quite existential. It's it's like Nietzsche. Jamie is the... Fallen state of humans That is sort of inescapable for us all We are just suffering at the hands of the, an indifferent universe Yeah That constantly throws stuff at us Rob Schneider is, um, in this analogy, I guess A very indifferent god Anyway, um predictably, he gets fucking owned by that dresser. You better believe. And an incredible piece
1: some, of physical comedy. Rob, great practical effects. Rob, in the middle of moving this huge dresser up a flight of stairs, takes a phone call from his wife, who he discovers is working on a commercial set. She's uh, the face of a furniture company, and he didn't know that this was happening. They've got pretty poor communication in there. <laughs> yeah. I think the reason they have poor communication is so that they can create the illusion of plot and dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, Like if he already had that information I literally don't know what that Like I don't know what they'd talk about I don't know (laughs) What there is for these two to talk about Not just in the show But in their real life They appear to have No chemistry whatsoever No chemistry
0: Nothing in common And what's insane about that Is this is Rob Schneider's Real life wife Absolutely
1: And so he takes a phone call He forgets he's moving A huge dresser with Jamie In spite of his Consistent loud protestations And then uh, Eventually fucking owned Yeah eventually He leans on the dresser While he's on the phone Blam! It's actually not a bad piece of physical comedy, and it is satisfying to see any character in this movie just get totally leveled, Yeah, and this
0: guy gets fucked up. (laughs) He does. He does, which uh, triggers the sequence of events where Rob is right back into his ranting, which is a a kind of real-life slice of his personality about the woes of um, Western medicine and how it doesn't actually solve any problems. It just uh, takes the pain away using painkillers. So he decides to um, rob, uh, trucks Jamie in the car and takes him to a um, acu- acupuncturist that yes. he knows, and this is the first of so many examples in this episode of interstitials, which is electro swing, which was cool for mm, seven days in two thousand and fourteen. I think electro swing is evergreen
1: in the world of Rob Schneider, and I can, I I think you know when you see, do you ever when you see people walking with headphones on do you ever wonder what they're listening to.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, That's, do you have how many people do you think are listening to electro swing out there? The the, Schneid, the Schneider's, the Schneiderheads, uh, the Schneebles. in Melbourne. I don't think anyone is. Yeah, I think they're too cool. Although I, I was in a um, cafe that was basically a parody of itself the other day, which was playing electro swing, and I was like, "Is this ironic, or are we are we doing this? Is this for real?" And they were playing like electro swing covers of you know good songs, and then they just started playing Richard Cheese. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good. So I was like, maybe this is just a comedy cafe. I don't know. Um, so uh, uh
1: he, so Rob Schneider drives, as yeah. represented by two minutes of sort of what do you? How do you describe that camera technique? It's called, I think it's called hyperlapse. Yeah, yeah. He's he's driving past a lot of low-rise kind of you know strip malls, and uh, they arrive at his old doctor, Doctor Shen. and uh, this is probably one of I haven't re to season one but I remember there was some pretty abhorrent treatment of characters who weren't Rob Schneider yes Uh but <laughs> they go into this doctor's sort of warehouse and it's not as he remembers it it's been the, his doctor died ten years ago of bone cancer and uh his daughter the doctor's daughter has been which
0: left. we can all agree is a beautiful premise for a joke like that's a, that's just fertile ground for comedy Died of bone cancer ten years ago. Oh, I th- oh, I thought he. <laughs> and got- it's your dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: I thought he got better, but uh, as though to elevate the opportunity for laughs, instead of entrusting the dialogue that he has written to the character who's been hu- who's who's been hired, presumably a Chinese actor because it's a Chinese medicine, you know, play- hall. I guess. Yeah. And uh, that
0: character struck me as kind of gender ambiguous, which I thought was sort of cool of Rob. And then I got very worried. Uh, he's re-du- he's
1: redubbed in ADR all of their dialogue, doing his best. Mm. Like I don't know if his best is uh, American Chinese accent, and it is. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> it's like you you. It's cra- it's crazy. It's. It sticks out like a sore thumb.
0: It's insane. Yeah, so first it didn't match up very well. And and Guy just said, have they overdubbed the dialogue here? I was like, oh, yeah, it doesn't match up. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Rob Schneider's voice. Why is Rob Schneider doing a China voice over the top of an actor who he hired? This is fucking insane. Just when you
1: when you've got a vision, you've got to make sure you control as many of the elements to realise that vision as possible.
0: It's like he's doing Rodney Dangerfield from the seventies in twenty seventeen.
1: If the vision it's is crazy. to trample on anyone who isn't Rob, and this is something you pointed out as well, like Rob Rob Schneider, you you have to imagine in this show knows he's not representing himself very well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He's I think he, he knows enough about comedy and storytelling from doing all those Sandler films. Credit where it's due, he did a couple like of his own successful films which we enjoy because we were. We've 13. About it, yeah, as yeah. as an
1: adolescent, They're I thought that good. Rob Schneider was one of the what potentially one of the greats. <laughs> Never uh, met
0: your heroes on Netflix. Yeah. Um but uh, yeah, so he he, I think he knows enough to be like, okay, people want to see flawed characters, so he gets himself who is already in real life a horrible human being it's and dials it up, a very
1: conflicted human being.
0: But then he marries it with all these real world opinions that he actually holds as a human being, like that he's not that fond of Western medicine. He's he's a he's an anti right, I remember we yeah, did that episode so with Sneden about that. Yeah, yeah, it's um, a great YouTube video. So. All of that to say, you go well. This guy is wholesale an idiot, and it's it's confusing to know like what line he's playing with the with the real world stuff. Like, because you just throw out everything he says, a because it's ridiculous on its face, but b because you're like, well, you've already built this deplorable character. So, why are you giving any of your real world opinions to it? Well, because
1: it is still a representation of himself. Uh, Chris Kattan makes a cameo. He's a, a former, like, an, a, also a washed up former SNL star. He was in a movie called Corky Romano, I oh, believe. Oh, shit.
0: Was he Corky? Yeah. That movie, I never saw it, but it had a fucking shit hot marketing campaign. Do you remember there were bus backs, there were huge billboards going, Who is Corky Romano? everywhere. And in New Zealand, we didn't have now, so no one knew who the fuck this guy was. It was just some random movie. But those ads were everywhere. He was the so Rob gets a job in this episode, uh, voicing over a starfish
1: and Starfish Wars, and uh, they, uh, I don't know, they have like a, all of the comedic premises. There are about three different premises they set up in this movie. None of them get off the ground because none of them have been given more than a second's thought. So. I suppose they have some sort of improvised argument, Rob Schneider and Chris Kattan, over the premise of the voice that he's doing. Because Starfish Wars is not an animated movie, as Rob believed. It's just footage of a fish tank. Which and
0: he, is in the VO booth, booth yeah. with him. And he's got the a voice camera of, pointed at a starfish in a tank. He's
1: the voice of the starfish. and uh,
0: Which is kind of cool. I'd actually, I'd watch that.
1: Well, that's Fish Tank. Fish Tank Live, isn't it? Yeah. Is that what it's called?
0: Fuck, something like that. The Adult Swim Show. Yeah. When it's done well, you know, great. great oh, absolutely.
1: But Rob Schneider's just playing against Rob Schneider in this in this instance.
0: So they get in an argument, and it's you know, guys, it's the little things that really fucking get you. So, Chris, what's his name? Chris Kattan. Yeah, his name? Chris Catan, Yeah. He walks in. So he he in the series is play, he's playing like the um, the recording um. Yeah, but also some sort sort of creative
1: visionary, you've got to imagine, for the level of intensity he brings to their argument. Yeah,
0: it seems like it's his film, maybe, and he's just doing all of it, or something. So he comes into the booth to make a microphone adjustment, which is moving the pop shield, which is like a meter away from the microphone, (laughs) and the adjustment that he's making is he's like blowing on it to get rid of dust or something, Yeah, and it's just like, you guys, like, everyone involved in this knows how this equipment works. Why Why be incorrect in this way? Because it's it's both very it's incorrect, so, the whole but thing also it, not for comedy. It's, like, it's not funny.
1: The entire operation is so janky. They also represent, you see his wife, uh, is it Patricia? Yeah. She's on. You see her on set, she's shooting this commercial job. And this is the one comedic premise with Promise where you see the setup for the take, you see the actual take, you see the people around Video Village watching the take, and then Rob sort of stumbles into the background. Video of village, story. by the way,
0: because you just skimmed right over that is where you have like a bank of a few monitors, so that you've got the a director, usually like the main producer. Everyone can a, see what's happening. Clients, first aid everyone uh, can see.
1: He stumbles into the background of frame, and you're like, "All right, what crazy thing is he going to do here?" <laughs> like, I was genuinely like, "Oh my god, they've done it! They found yeah. the framework for a gag." And then he just stands stationary in the background of frame until someone notices and goes what's that guy doing walking through frame? And I was like, you fuck, like yeah, they did everything. They did everything. And they didn't even, this is the thing, they didn't even know that they'd stumbled into an actual gag. Um, the episode charges on, Rob does some homemade acupuncture on Jamie, Oh well now hold on, hold
0: on. I think we should a little bit dig into that whole back and forth at this. So Rob Schneider is there. Um, the, the, the whole purpose of this scene is so that Rob can get in the way. And mm. it's so frustrating. It's so fucking annoying. He just, he does little throw in lines. He talks to them about the cameras they're using. Takes pop shots at Red for some reason, which is yeah, weird. yeah, just a camera manufacturer. And he's, yeah, just, just, and he's, it's like he understands that comedy comes from conflict. But you can't just have an argument like there's got to be a comedy sort of reason for it, no, yeah, he's just annoyed. but he's just being fucking annoying. Well this is, I think this has
1: been the downfall of his career is that I, I genuinely think he doesn't understand the framework or function of comedy. I don't and think so he does like, either. He thinks that if he's just annoying, and he, he finds it amusing to himself, that other people find that amusing, but yeah, he's just a, he's just a nightmare. <laughs> it's a
0: fucking nightmare. So, yeah, he
1: doesn't but all the characters are nightmares. They're all unlikable and
0: um But they're all born of his. I th I, I've got so much more time for literally every everyone else in this is they've got by hook or by crook some redeeming features. Like Jamie I genuinely just can't help but feel empathy for because he is so put upon.
1: Nah, I think you know, you got he's an adult, he's gotta look out for himself. Jamie's got to know better than to continue coming back for more poetry.
0: I'm not saying I love him. I'm not saying he's my favorite character in, you know, fiction. But I'm saying in this show, Rob Schneider is on a unique plinth of fuckwit. And no one even comes close to the disdain I hold for him. Well, yeah, look, that that <laughs> that's may maybe. But he's so unlikable
1: that anyone who chooses to be in his immediate orbit, you know, consistently, I have no sympathy for. His wife... His daughter, maybe some. They get his daughter. Do- they get their daughter to do some child acting, and it is the worst. <laughs> they have not taught her how to speak, so when she goes to deliver her dialogue, she doesn't round out any of the sounds. She just opens her mouth and, like you know, noises pour forth. It's all th-
0: good, you're a kid, but like if you're in a show, you have to be able to enunciate. Does, like, the word, she
1: doesn't know how to nod. She doesn't know how to talk. I don't mean to criticize a five year old, <laughs> but. I feel a, like everything's fair game here.
0: Yeah, and, okay, this next bit's going to be a bit mean, but, like, she looks too old to be speaking like that as Absolutely. Well, to be honest. And I think they've used their real daughter, I think, and, like, maybe just, you know, I have enough too, self-awareness who, who to Who else do that?
1: would hire out their daughter for this? So, look, Tim, amongst all of this, because it's, it's been a pretty uh, mean-spirited conversation so far, and not without, you know, not without being able to justify it. Yeah. But uh, I have found a news article. Okay from January 20, 2019 you could
0: not be like more low energy right now you j- you're literally horizontal yeah your laptop you on do? your belly real
1: rob will be returning in 2019
0: Fuck off
1: For season 3 on Netflix Around the world We've been keeping track Of the upcoming series And this is what we know About the next season Of the Rob Schneider comedy Shut your whore mouth So far Are you making this Is this real If you've not seen the comedy allows to bring you up to speed The series is based partially On the real life of Rob Schneider It's akin to series Like Louis C.K.'s show Called Louis And as yeah, yeah. he's Master a, of None It's exactly the same As those two shows It differs from the aforementioned shows By being a bit more quirky And shot in a sitcom fashion Season 1 dropped in 2015, with the second follow-up season in September 2017. Before we begin, most of the news of the upcoming season comes from Twitter, and specifically from the show's main star. Unfortunately, while we were putting this article together, Rob decided to wipe all of his tweets. The reason for the deletion was because of his ongoing problems with how comedians are treated, specifically all the controversy surrounding Kevin Hart.
0: (laughs) Wait... What?
1: Yeah, I know this, so this news article has already taken an incredible turn.
0: <laughs> this is so weird.
1: Uh, has Real Rob been renewed for season three? Yes.
0: How does Rob Schneider's brain fucking
1: work? Real Rob is returning and soon too. We don't know exactly when season three of Real Rob was picked up because the show's production is handled by Rob Schneider's own production <laughs> company rather than Netflix fully. However, on Twitter, the earliest official mention was back in December 2017. Further evidence of the renewal is from an interview conducted in December 2018. Although they didn't divulge any new tales, we did hear about the process that goes into writing the show. Specifically, my wife and Jamie are the writing partners. They ask me for stories, and I tell them stories. And the next thing I know... (laughs) Whatever the rest of that comment is (laughs) is redacted... yeah, so that,
0: that really blows my mind. I think if this show was slightly more skillfully made, more people would watch it. And if that happened, you would um, be aware of the level of racism that Rob Schneider is bringing to Netflix, and there would be a fucking boycott. It is due to his own ineptitude that he has managed to sail through to get this renewed twice.
1: Well, yeah, because no one's no one's watching it.
0: I don't understand what's going on. And actually, we got a little clue as to what... Well, not really a little clue, but we may now know what Netflix is getting out of this. Obviously, the first <laughs> season sucked massively. It was a terrible show. But Netflix have gone, look, I don't think this is costing us very much money. Guy and I oh, look at that, bit of sound, um, posited that there was actually, the money was going in the opposite direction, whereby Rob Schneider would hand both the show and a bag full of money to put it up online to Netflix, which is not the normal chain of events. That, but
1: this still makes sense to me.
0: In that, Well, we almost saw it. So for almost a full minute of this episode, Rob Schneider is watching Narcos, the um, Netflix original show, and he gets a, he gets addicted to watching it. That's a whole scene. And there's nothing really that comes of it. There's no real reason to put it in there. But it's just him spending a whole day watching that, and then articulating
1: and then, how addictive it is yeah. to his wife, who arrives home and goes, "You haven't been watching TV here. How long have you been watching TV?" and he articulates he's watched a whole season of Narcos because it's just so Moorish. I hope every episode will feature him watching a full season of a different Netflix <laughs> original s- series. And
0: Netflix have, well, I guess he has, they've they've put a lot of Narcos right there on the screen. It's it like a violent it. show. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's, did you not watch it? To Rob's credit, it's fucking good. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> that. that first season's dynamite. <laughs> shout out to Rob. <laughs> shout, shout out to Netflix. Um, but they've superimposed Netflix on top of the they've comped it is is what that's called is very obvious and very poorly done and it's just like fuck man, fuck you. So I've found fuck this whole operation Netflix really I I mean this from the bottom of my heart like this is a super offensive show and it shouldn't be in the world and it absolutely shouldn't be with on Netflix like Netflix needs to take some responsibility they they actually need to nix the third season. It w- it's great for us, like, maybe there's there's the possibility of us doing this again, but for it's the good of the <laughs> world, fuck,
1: no, it's It's really necessarily not. great for us. So i found the rest of the interview in which that, that comment was redacted. Uh-huh. So I know Real Rob's based, this interview, based somewhat off your real-life experience. Can you tell me about the writing process and decision process of what to include from your real life? Just the most embarrassing stuff we try to put in the show. The stuff that makes me look like a complete and utter jerk. That's what usually stays in. My wife and Jamie are the writing partners. They ask me for stories and I tell them stories. And the next thing I know, there are new episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I've had kind of a crazy life in and out of show business. The bit, be- And this is a telling sentence. The best comedies are always the ones where the people look like assholes. So he, he there's an element of control. There's an end goal that he's working towards
0: everything's measured though, right? You've got for something to be watchable. It's like, yeah, we want to see an asshole, but he's got to have some redeeming features. And he doesn't have any Rob's character. in this doesn't have any, he it is know, so but, funny to me that he says new episodes just appear. I who So who's writing them, do you think? Because what I see is... Um, do you know, it's got to be Jamie. I it's think it be, is.
1: And he's written the character as he feels he's sort of somewhat
0: represented, like as a caricature yes. of what his relationship to Rob is in the real world. Makes perfect sense. So th- they're probably um, not even distant metaphors. Like he probably has been physically injured at work. Um, oh, there's like a, one of the storylines in this episode is about the fact that Rob is um he stopped paying for Jamie's insurance even though he's in, his employer to, just to save some money, and that feels pretty real. <laughs> yeah, that feels like that's something Jamie put in. So I'm thinking, what happens is Rob Schneider they've booked out like a little workshop room, a little studio, Burbank. They drive out there. Rob turns up for 45 minutes of a nine hour working day, um with a coffee. Will um roll in the door, do that thing where he knows he's very, very late. So he'll start um, ranting about how every part of this isn't his fault and some guy cut him off and there was this thing at the dry cleaners and that will be 15 minutes. Then Jamie will say, um, oh, man, I'm so glad you're here. What an awful day you've had. That's so terrible. Um, Hey, so, Rob, can you tell me about that time when that thing happened you mentioned once? And then he'll just say... The story, and then he'll leave, and that's his day. And then Jamie has to turn all of this into working scripts under, I imagine, a really tight turnaround. And I don't think he's gotten any help from anyone um, because Rob doesn't want to pay for that.
1: His, His wife maybe, just to try and sell... Jamie probably writes even more ruthless scripts than what we see, and then his wife tempers them because she doesn't want to put Rob's worst face out into the public eye. Yeah. I'd like to ask you a question. I we asked a guest last year, and what I am curious in: How do you feel about this? Do you think we're pu- are we punching
0: down? Well, we did make fun of a five year old.
1: Oh yeah, so we
0: we're punching down then. Yeah, she she is related to Rob Schneider. Yeah. So, oh, so what are you saying? That justifies
1: it. No, but it does mean I don't feel as bad about it as I otherwise would. Yeah.
0: I think we how intelligent how be? intelligent is Rob Schneider? Not. He's not intelligent. Yeah, okay. If we're all right, if if we're if that's the scale, if that's the measuring stick we're using, then yes, I think we are both smarter than Rob Schneider and I think we're punching down. And I am not afraid to say that. I you and I are both a lot smarter than Rob Schneider. I think that's why he's an anti-vaxxer. He doesn't have a critical brain. He d- He's not curious about the world. He just sort of reads random shit online and absorbs all of it. And he's a very talented, per- or he, like at least was at one time in his life, a really talented performer. But he shouldn't be writing anything.
1: No. Or he shouldn't be responsible for creating the stories that are written into episodes. He shouldn't be helming his own show.
0: And what do you mean, the director producer side of thing? No,
1: I think I think it's probably it's just a little thin, perhaps.
0: Yeah. Hey, but do you know what is impressive though? Yeah. They do get made. They do get made. That is fucking true.
1: Because there are so many. There's like, I don't know. I don't know how, quite what this articulates, but there are so many moments when I watch this where I'm like, how can every, like how does everyone keep going? For sure. But they just
0: do. Yeah, they do. Like, we'll the episodes it, just keep happening. We'll fix it in post. Yeah. I would I would pay significant amounts of money to interview a, an editor who worked on this because I guess they're part of Rob's company though so maybe they're they're they've sort of drank the Kool Aid as well and they're in there.
1: Well, like how much how much money is he worth?
0: I don't think he could be worth very much, right? And so his production company isn't probably like you know, it's not like um, what's Adam Sandler's production company called? A happy medicine happy medicine where it's constantly up and it's it's just pumping out new stuff all the time rob schneider's one probably comes up for this show and they sort of bolt on
1: according to celebritynetworth.com yeah. rob schneider's net worth is 15 million dollars
0: yeah it's it doesn't seem like a lot in the scheme of things, I mean, no, but that's I, enough, enough to like. To that, that's enough that to now. have
1: the infrastructure that you know you can you can have a lot of people in your employ, inside of a production company. So it could all be in house. The yeah, reason yeah, is yeah, it yeah, shows yeah, this show exists exactly. is this unique. And disgusting beast is, it is entirely insulated from outside critical eyes.
0: Um, hey, one thing I will say for this season, it looks like they've sorted out the color correction issues. Like no one's eyes were glowing blue. And they have
1: devastatingly, I think, probably for the better of the show, but the you know the to the detriment of the podcast. They have taken out all of the interstitials. So they've taken out the Talking Heads interviews. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. They've taken out the stand-up on the sound stage.
0: But guy, guy, you don't know, that could come back. Because in the first season they were playing so fast and loose with with keeping that. It was like, one episode there wouldn't be any of that and then the next episode it would open with him on stage. I'm hoping that they do bring
1: him back because... Uh, it's like respite from the incompetence of storytelling. It's so like, true. The, he's showcasing all the ways in which he doesn't understand how narrative works.
0: It's like if you got a box of chocolates that were all um, cyanide, but they were different flavours of cyanide. So like, even though you're eating deadly poison, at least there's variety within that. That's what the well, first season They've all got the same
1: flavour, but they've just got different
0: shapes. Well, no, because you, yeah, yeah, okay, maybe that's it, yeah. They all taste like Almonds that will kill you, but some are triangles, some are diamonds, yeah. some are circles. And we're simple people, so that's enough of a trick to it's be enough. like, Oh, oh look well, at this variety box of chocolates. Uh I, I just I just can't stress enough to you, you, our dear listener, how many <laughs> cutaways to that weird like driving thing with the electro swing there is. Yeah. It happens about seven times inside the episode. And they last for quite a while. It's to it's to establish uh location it's M- not movement it doesn't it doesn't establish any location i think um I think you'll agree with me on this. He has promised a certain duration of either the season as a total, like a minute count or a second count to Netflix or, or on an episode basis and they're just they're having to fucking throw it all at the wall to get it across the <laughs> line to me
1: it feels like those scenes are put in while his brain boots like it, to me it feels like we are trapped in his living nightmare yeah <laughs> and those scenes are his brain booting up the next big Jesus grand Christ. idea he has so it's like that's literally those are those are buffering scenes where we're in his head and he's like oh, uh, uh,
0: Chinese uh, doctor's warehouse and then suddenly you're there by the way That When they go into that um, acupuncturist, everyone's eating dim sum at the same time. And so the joke here is that he brings Jamie in and and, and so remember, this is Rob Schneider doing a a Chinese accent, narrating around all of the um, things that he's saying of all the different styles of acupuncture and treatment. And the joke is, after he says each different one, he says, with dim sum. And there's dim sum lying around everywhere.
1: Yeah, Uh, maybe the reason he had to dub that audio over was not because he didn't believe in the performance, but maybe the performer was like, I'm sorry, Mr. Schneider, I
0: absolutely cannot deliver these lines. Yeah. And so they cut around it. Fuck, man. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon you could be right. I was so angry watching this. You were. Fucking furious.
1: Yeah, you swore a lot. Yeah, sorry. And uh, No, it's okay. It's just like, you know, it's episode one, man. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Hey, we're, we're, um, we're doing this all in one day, guys. This is going to be such a journey. I'm, uh, I'm excited. I genuinely am excited to see how this goes. I'm excited to hang out with all of our, our cool different comedy friends who are going to join us on this journey. Um, I'm really excited about hopefully restoring a bit of normal blood sugar because I haven't eaten yet and I'm, I'm a little peckish, which was not a good way to come in. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll say this. I'll leave you with this.
0: Western medicine doesn't know how to heal anything,
1: they just treat symptoms and drug you up.